Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Coming up in this episode. I am an angel. You are a demon. We're hereditary enemies. BBC Studios Director of Content Ralph Lee explains how the UK public broadcaster's commercial arm has been stepping up its third-party production slate for partners like Amazon and Quibi. And... Fuengirola está a punto de despegar. Hay proyectos muy importantes en marcha. Paratisi Projecti on koti sadoille moderneille suomalaisille. Writer Matty Lane and director Marja Pico discuss The Paradise, a new crime drama set in the Spanish coastal town with a large Finnish expat population, co-produced with Media Pro for YLE. That's all coming up in a moment, but first a rundown of some of the news from C21 Media this week. The US network New York Upfronts and LA screenings were cancelled as a result of concerns over the spread of coronavirus. Disney, Fox, CBS, NBC, Warner Media, and Discovery all called off their planned annual presentations to advertisers in May, along with a string of others, including Hulu. The moves come hot on the heels of the likes of AMC Networks, AE, and YouTube already axing earlier new fronts scheduled for later this month, and were also prompted by the state of New York announcing a ban on gatherings of more than 500 people. The networks will instead use video presentations to show off the programmes they're picking up for the full season, and the studios are adopting the same approach with the LA screenings, which comes in the weeks after the upfronts where international buyers look to acquire the next big hit. The screenings were already hanging in the balance after US President Donald Trump earlier this week announced a 30-day ban on European flights to the territory in a dramatic move designed to limit the spread of COVID-19, now officially designated a global pandemic by the World Health Organization. In France, drama festival Series Mania was cancelled after French authorities introduced stricter rules, reducing a limit on public gatherings to no more than a 1,000 people. The previous 5,000-person restriction brought about the cancellation of this year's MIP TV last week and postponement of the Cannes Series Festival till MIPCOM in October. South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, meanwhile, also fell prey to the virus, as did the Tribeca Film Festival, Canadian Screen Awards and many others. TV productions all around the globe are on pause and companies are increasingly asking staff to work from home. Stock markets around the world have been tumbling, with shares in media companies falling sharply. Disney, Comcast, Netflix, Viacom, CBS and others were all hit hard, and in Italy, Europe's worst affected market, Mediaset, said it would be unable to make reliable forecasts about its business moving forward, with the nation on quarantine lockdown. Italian public broadcaster Rai, meanwhile, reacted to the closure of all schools in the country by boosting its output of children's content. Rai has already been forced to postpone its Cartoons on the Bay event, which was due to take place in April, while the country grapples with more than 15,000 cases of infection. In other news, disgraced former Hollywood movie and TV mogul Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison for rape and sexual assault. 
The 67-year-old, who was found guilty in a New York City court last month, was the catalyst for the Me Too movement, which has resulted in numerous high-profile men in media and other industries facing justice for their treatment of women. Weinstein, whose company-backed series including War and Peace and Les Miserables, has consistently denied all charges and his lawyers plan to appeal his conviction. Finally, the implosion of Canada's Q Media Group continued apace, with Essential Media Group CEO Greg Quayle and North America President Jesse Fawcett buying back their company from the remnants of the business. Quebec-based producer and distributor Datsit Sphere acquired former Q Factual Entertainment outfit BGM and Robert Cohen, chief executive of Canadian Indie Media Headquarters, also agreed a deal with Q's administrators to buy back the Toronto-based formats firm. Other assets, including Frantic Films, Collins Avenue, Two Rivers and TCB Media, are all undergoing similar processes after Q called in the receivers under orders from the Ontario Superior Court last month. For more on all these stories and hundreds of others, visit c21media.net. Ralph Lee was named Director of Content at BB Studios 18 months ago, joining the UK public broadcaster's commercial arm from Channel 4, where he was Chief Creative Officer and before that Head of Factual. I spoke with him recently to find out more about his focus and the progress the business has made since it was given permission to start producing shows for third parties. Lee also talked about the proliferation of US streamers and the opportunities they're opening up. For a C21 TV video interview, you can watch on our site in full now. Here's an extract. Uh, my mission is to, 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 to help turn BBC Studios into a truly global uh, production house, you know, broad ranging across a, a great range of different genres, but one that takes British creativity to the world and really empowers British talent uh, uh, to reach you know, audiences around the world, both through the BBC but also through other clients. And, you know, it's a mission that we're, it's, a, it's always a work in progress. We're doing really making fantastic shows, many of the kind of great legacy shows that we have from Doctor Who to Strictly to Top Gear are on really fantastic form. But we're also, excitingly, in the last uh, couple of years, starting to deliver new shows, that, some of which to the BBC and others to new clients. Uh, Good Omens was a big launch on Amazon uh, in, in 2019. Uh, and there are lots of different examples in different genres of us working with a, you know, a broader range of clients than just the single focus on the BBC, which we used to have. The, the exciting thing for BBC Studios, for a big upscale British producer with a lot of different genres that it's you know very strong in, is there's never been more opportunity for great content creators. You know there's a there's a boom going on in TV, particularly in scripted, but also in high-end factual. You know so if you look at things of genres like natural history and science, the kinds of programs that the BBC is extremely experienced at making is able to make at a scale that really no one else in the market makes are very popular in this new world where you've got SVODs launching and you've got old broadcasters competing with those SVODs. So BBC Studios is really well positioned to take advantage of the moment right now, which is you know an, an exciting growth spurt for TV generally. Good Omens is a really good example of BBC Studios taking a kind of very deeply British idea, you know, like a sort of steeped in the sensibility of British comedy and sci-fi, written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, two great British authors. Uh, but, but through their partnership, through our partnership with both BBC Two and Amazon, and thanks to the funding of an ambitious SVOD, 
we were able to turn what many deemed to be a kind of unfilmable book into a kind of glorious six-part series with huge you know, ambition, fantastic casting, but it is at its core that kind of you know very British sensibility that was born of Monty Python and Douglas Adams and you know and Neil and Terry being very very particular voices in there that gave it its kind of particular sensibility. So it's both I would say local in its origins and its sensibility, but global in its ambition. And I think that combination is really interesting. And um, what about all the other new players that are coming into the marketplace? And what does that mean for you? You're working, I believe, with uh, Kibby as well uh, yeah. on a series. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that and plus the array of new US streamers that are sort of landing on the doorstep. So right, right now there's real competition for, for talent and there's real competition for high-end ambitious content. Uh, and so for a studio like BBC Studios where we're able to generate and develop things both scripted, comedy, yeah, uh, factual entertainment, formats, high-end factual, uh, there's never really been more opportunity. Uh, there's, there's, there's fierce competition in the UK for great projects, but there's also, you know, recently Quibi is a new good example of a new player coming in, competing with Netflix, competing with Amazon, competing with Apple. Uh, and in, in, in a sense, you know, how we develop our relationships with new clients, maintain our kind of British core, maintain our strong relationship with the BBC Public Service, uh, but how we develop those relationships in the right way is, is going to really determine the future of BBC Studios in the coming years. It also determines the future of the public broadcaster as well. I mean, it's, it's always that interesting uh, sort of frenemy sort of debate, which is only going to presumably intensify in the, in the coming 12 months. Yeah, there's no doubt that as you know, Disney launches its service and as HBO Max launches and as, as Apple becomes a more significant player, there'll be even more competition for rights and for ideas. But I think for a big production house that's able to work across a lot of different genres and is increasingly becoming a really attractive place for talent to come and work where we can really develop ideas and incubate ideas and nurture them and we're very well placed to take them out into the market, I think the BBC Studios model is a really strong one. I think 2020 is going to be, you know, continue to be a really exciting growth year in TV. Uh, there's never been more great TV to watch than there is now. You know, as a viewer, I feel it's almost difficult to choose between, you know, Chernobyl, Succession, His Dark Materials, Dublin Murders, The Capture. Where do you turn? You know, there's so many different things stacked up on your PVR. I think that's going to continue. I think there's going to continue to be great competition between the big players and that that's really empowering for creatives, really empowering for great producers. Uh, on the BBC Studios slate, we're really excited this year to be launching uh, The Watch with BBC America, which is a really exciting adaptation of uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels. Uh, it's currently shooting in South Africa and we'll be launching it in, later in 2020. Uh, uh, and, and it's a very, very particular interpretation uh, of, uh, of a section within Pratchett's Discworld novels. Uh, we're also excited to be launching a new series with UKTV called We Hunt Together, uh, which is a crime thriller, uh, and it's our first commission for UKTV and a really ambitious drama for their channels. Uh, and we've recently got a new commission as well for RTE called Smother, which is a kind of noir drama. So it's really exciting to be diversifying our slate, to adding to the range of existing shows. We've got Doctor Who, we've got Silent Witness coming back. We've got kind of stalwarts like Father Brown, uh, Shakespeare and Hathaway, some of our kind of lighter crime dramas. Uh, but we're really adding to that portfolio. And as I say, with RTE, with UKTV, uh, 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 and working on sort of, you know, a really exciting drama development pipeline. BBC Studios Director of Content, Ralph Lee. You can watch the full video version of that interview on our site now, where you'll also find one featuring writer Matty Lane and director Marja Pico discussing The Paradise. 
made by Finland's MRP Matilda Rowe Productions for local public broadcaster YLE and co-produced by Spain's Media Pro, the new crime drama is set in a Spanish coastal town with a large Finnish expat population. Here's an extract from that. It's about a Finnish female police officer in, in her 60s um, whose, whose friend is really upset because uh, her son and the, her, the son's family has disappeared on their way from, from Oulu, it's a northern town in Finland, to Fuengirola, Spain, where they were supposed to start a new living, new life there. And our main character, Hilka, gets their job to go and look for the family. And, well, she finds them. <laughs> they are in their trailer, brutally murdered. And that splits open a Pandora's box with, with thriller plots and, and, you know, the, the stories of the Finnish community is in Fuengirola. There are uh, 25,000 Finnish people living all over the year in, in Fuengirola, Spain. It's a kind of, you know, own community. It's like a, it's like a Finnish Western film <laughs> town, like some dead wood and, and lots of different stories. People come from north to south to look for the, look for the sun, the warmth, but also, uh, you know, new life, chase their dreams, maybe try to fall in love again or some, well, the reasons are, you know, obvious. There are thousands of them, but they are all, you know, their life goal is to, you know, you know become something better and uh, to achieve something better, to have a better life. The original idea came from uh, Jarmo Lampela, who is the drama chief of YLA, Finnish broadcasting company, and, and from David Troncoso, um, who was working at MediaPro at that time. And they, they discovered the idea that uh, why couldn't we have a TV series, a Finnish TV series here in Spain located in this quite unique place, this Fuengirola, full of, you know, Finnish people, a small Finnish village there. Like, yeah, and, and then mm, when they started to de develop that, that idea, then, you know, Ran Telem from MediaPro came along and me from Finland as a scriptwriter. And, and, well, we went to we went to Fuengirola to find out, so is there, is there stories to tell? We, we did some research, a mm, couple of days. We, we met police and, you know, local cops and, and also the, the um, Finnish journalists and, and teachers and, and, you know, the people living there and doing their jobs. And, and also, you know, the, the police officer uh, we were, you know, asking about the crimes and, and, and is there any problems with the Finns here and, and what kind of issues they have. And, and, and it was obvious for the first second that we have a lot of material here <laughs> to use. I was really um, engaged with uh, Hilka, the, the main character of, of The Paradise, with her, like, yeah, we talk a lot about her age, but I think it was more about the very tough situation that she was in, like making choice mm -hmm. between family and, and uh, profession, and also kind of the, 
that if uh, and that can happen in any age that if you find that uh, that your personal life is kind of very static that it seems that it's done that it's uh, ready in a way mm. and then you are not wrapped up yeah and you, <laughs> you you feel that I don't want it to I want still uh, change and move and learn and, and all this so I was really kind of relating to to Hilka's character, mm. but also like uh, I realized that there is another character like Andres, the the Spanish uh, police officer, is an, the the other strong part. And I had to do a lot of work in Spain and uh, with the actors and with the writers to really understand mm. the the other side of the story too, because what we tried is of course to talk about Finns moving to Spain, but mm. also to be. Uh, on a level with the with the Spanish uh, side of the story, the fact that it's a Finnish story written by a Finnish writer and uh, and it happened takes place in a Finnish uh, uh, village inside Spain. Uh, I think it's a clear fact that there is uh, some very specific. Um, how do you say? I always. Uh, define the Finnish soul more like Slavic. It's not very Scandinavian in, mm. in that sense that we have this uh, Chekhov longing for Moscow or for yeah, happiness yeah. or for light or something. Swedes are so happy compared to us. Yeah, <laughs> Finns are more bluesy. Yeah, that there is yeah. some sort of a longing. I always call yeah. it longing that you're yeah. looking for reaching for the light or something. Yeah. And I mm. uh, think that why do Finnish uh, Finns love uh, Spain that much mm. is the rhythm of, of the language and also mm. the, that there is something that you are longing for in, yeah. in general. In, yeah. But I think storylines and themes, they are mm. uh, very human overall. Yeah, yeah. The, the tone of the series was very important and, because we didn't want to do, you know, uh, despite we had three languages, you know, Finnish, Spanish, and and English, and some bad English too, <laughs> if you want to. Uh, we didn't want to do some, you know, Euro pudding that there is, you know, mixed something from there and something from there. We wanted to do a really, you know, kind of that the that the base of the story is is really Finnish and really uh, recognizable and and whether you know Finnish viewers can can rely on and 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 you know and and we believed that that when we if we do the you know process in that way if we deliver, develop the story based on that it can you know local can you turn can into global writer Matty Lane and director Marja Pico talking about the paradise coming up on Wiley in Finland and Orange TV in Spain soon that's all for the podcast for this week. Until next time, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. Listener.